You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Anybody ever make any uh, just downright stupid mistakes in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, how come you got both hands up, Josh? Uh, the devil never shows you the end result. Um, anybody ever make a, just a stupid, downright uh, decision that it was just sinful, just sin in your life? Um, would everyone like to stand and share their individual experience? That's what it's my sister just said she'd share mine. <laughs> I'd rather not hear yours, Bill, if that's all right. Um, wow. I want to talk about grace today. Um, grace, you can define it as divine love, uh, unmerited favor. Grace is God's undeserved kindness, undeserved kindness with no strings attached. Before I get into the text today, uh, the title is Grace Happens Here. But before I read to you this morning out of John's, where I'll be John the eighth chapter, God's grace, grace toward us originates in his character. Exodus chapter 34, verse six says, God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Look, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how slow are you to anger? That was painful for some of you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's read that again. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. How many knows that, you know, uh, Michelle spoke earlier about the Next Step program and I had shared in the back, I mean, what a, what a transformation God has done in her life in the last 10 years in every area of her life. And she said something in the back that God wants to bless us all, but we have to step into that blessing. It doesn't just happen. So God wants to bestow blessings upon his creation. Uh, and I, and this, these things came to me just moments before I came in here in the sanctuary. I wanna read to you out of Psalms chapter 103, verse one through five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now listen to verse three. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Back to the question, has anyone done anything stupid? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, 
who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So I ask you again, give me a hand show how many's done something absolutely stupid, but God's grace forgave you. How many? How many's been hurt by somebody else? Their stupid mistakes. Hold on a second. You're jumping the gun, man. Simon says, right? All right. How many's been hurt by somebody else's stupid actions and you struggled to show them the grace that God is showing you? Stand with me this morning as we read God's word. I, I just, I don't know, I just believe the Lord's going to help a lot of people here today. Before we go any further, uh, Glenn Wrights is him and his wife Mary's home and uh, Glenn had major, major surgery and uh, he didn't get a good report and he's at home watching and we just want you to know we love you. Glenn, that's his daughter uh, Grace that dances here and waves the flag every uh, Sunday morning was just up here a few minutes ago and we'll be with that family and help them through this difficult, uh, very difficult time. Uh, I, you know, I don't care who I impress no more. Don't. I can remember trying to impress people. You're, no one else in this room probably ever did that. But I don't, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if I cry, if I snot, don't matter. Uh, I want to see the Lord glorified, magnified, and I want us to leave better people. Grace happens here. John chapter 8, verse 2. Whew. Man, oh man, oh man. Mm. I don't wet the bed anymore. That's, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's a good thing. I cry all the time. I did wet the bed till I was in ninth grade. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Just thought I'd share that with you today. I don't know what that has to do with the message. I guess if you're a bed wetter, there's hope for you. Right? Uh, Lord's been so good to me. John 8. You know, there's a lot of things in my life that I've messed up. A lot of the things that I've done in my past, in my life, that people still want to talk about, and there's a lot of things nobody knows about, and I'm glad they don't. <laughs> but we've got a God that's a gracious God. Amen. Go ahead and give him a hand. Uh, all right, we're going to try to do this thing, okay? John chapter 8, verse 2 through 5, and early in the morning, he, speaking of Jesus, came again into the temple, 
And all the people came unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them. I want you to try to visualize this. They're sitting there, and they're having a Bible study, and, and Jesus is standing there, and he's teaching, and every eye is upon them, and every ear is open. And here comes the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious elite, and they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. And I underline these next four words and I've read it a thousand times, but it kind of grabbed me. It says, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. I think that's key to this scripture. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what sayest thou? They asked the Lord, but what do you say, Lord? And there's a whole other message. They was trying to trick him, but that's for a different day. Father, we bless you, Lord. And we're so thankful, God, that you're so gracious. Because many of us, not only adultery, but other issues in our life may not have been caught in the very act, but you never sleep and you never slumber and your eyes are roaming to and fro. So we've all been seen in the very act. Forgive us, Lord, and help us to forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, that says in the very act, in this very act of being caught in adultery, I want you to think about the voices that this woman heard. Get up, you harlot. You despicable. No good woman. What kind of a lady do you think you are? Shame on you. You pathetic. Disgusting. You call yourself a lady? They brought her to the temple. They've had to have walked her, marched her through the narrow streets. Imagine other women, women leaning out their windows, ridiculing other families on the streets turning their children's back to the lady. Then the men thrust her into the middle of a morning Bible class. Caught in the act. Verse two, and early in the morning, he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and he taught them. Never... People sitting around never imagined what was going to be happening. Think about this, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought this woman that's caught in the very act of adultery and when they had set her, it says in verse three, in the midst, put yourself in whatever your sin is, your deep dark secret, and all of a sudden they drag you in to Jewel City Church and put you right here where I'm sitting at. Wow. They made her stand before the group and they said to Jesus, in verse four, Master, this woman has taken in adultery in the very act. Wow. 
Now here's what they said to Jesus in verse five. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? Think about this, master. They're, they're sitting there having a Bible. Master, we, we caught her in her negligee. She had her lipstick smeared all over. She's caught right in the act, caught in the arms, caught in the moment of the heat of the passion. Think about this. Think about how embarrassing. Master, you know, Master, you know that Moses' law commands us that she should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What do you say? Here's this woman standing there, maybe half-dressed, I don't know. No exit, nowhere to go. Maybe you feel like today there's just no way up for you. These men, I whispered to my wife right out of the gate this morning and said, I, I can just feel a hmm, heaviness. And then Pastor Carrie spoke that she felt like somebody needed to hear. I said, I hear you, God, because every service ain't jumping Johnny. You hear me? These men were squeezing these stones and seemed like nobody would speak up for her. Nobody would stand up for her. But somebody would stoop for her. Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust in verse six, the last part of that verse. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger, he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Wonder what would happen when I hear some good stuff. You know, through the grapevine. I heard it through the grapevine. Gossip. It's never gossip. You just want somebody to pray for him, right? Yeah, I got a handful that's with me there. I wonder what would happen when next time I hear something, if I just stoop down. I wonder what would happen next time you heard somebody's nightmare, somebody's failure, somebody's mistake, somebody stooped down for her. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. This is the Lord. Wouldn't we have expected him to stand up for her? Would we not expect him to speak, speak up for her? But instead he stooped. He descended lower than anyone else. Huh. Lower than the religious elite lower than the people around him and even lower than the woman that was standing there. The Bible said when he left heaven, he lowered himself even beneath the angels. Does it not? So the accusers are looking down on her and to see Jesus, they had to look down even further because he was stooped. Can I remind us this morning 
that Jesus is prone to stoop. Let's look at the life of Jesus in John 13 and 5. He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He, King of kings, Lord of lords, God Almighty, laid aside his clothing and began to wash the feet of the men. In the dusty area of Palestine, everyone wore sandals, and it was customary when you would enter into a home that there would be a water basin, a basin, and the poor would have to wash their own feet. But if you entered into the home of a rich person, they had a slave. And that slave would take your sandals off and would wash your feet. Our master stooped down and became as a slave. The highest took the place of the lowest. Now listen, in this, there is also a deeper meaning what Jesus is doing. In this text, it's a spiritual meaning. We must be washed and cleansed by Jesus. No man will enter into heaven unless we are washed by the blood of Jesus. Can someone say amen? So let's go back to the life of the Lord Jesus and how he stooped. He stooped to pull Peter out of the sea. And you may feel like you're so low this morning that you can't be reached and that you can't be lifted. But in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, but when he saw the wind boistering, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. You may be in a situation today, not only sin, but some kind of situation in your life that the storm uh, is there in the midst of everything. And no matter what you do, you feel like you're sinking. But the answer is just like Peter, Lord, save me. And the Lord will stoop down, reach down, and pick you up. If he's picked you up, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Where else did he stoop? He stooped down in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was to be crucified. And he was overwhelmed and he was heavy, anxious, fearful. Maybe that's you this morning. In Luke chapter 22, verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast and he kneeled down and he prayed saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He stooped again before the Roman whipping post. How they stretched him. He stooped down to pick up a cross and to carry the cross. Grace is a God who stoops. We don't serve a God that we can't reach. We don't serve a God that's got 12 armor bearers walking with him, that nobody can get a hold of him. Grace is a God who stoops. I want you to remember the first occasion that he stooped. He stooped down and he scooped up some soil and he formed Adam 
In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. As Jesus stooped beside this woman, was he maybe reminding himself of where we came from? We came from dirt, dust. Earthly humans are prone to do earthy things. We in the are going to mess up. We are going to fail. We are going to sin. An evangelist by the name of Randy Perry that's been coming to our ministry for close to 30 years between singing and preaching. And we've had him preach and he watches us a lot. He may be watching today. And at the old church, to, to be honest with you, I got to the place I didn't even want to have him come preach because he beat you black and blue. He skinned you. You were nothing but worthless, no good sinners. And one night after church, he was, after he preached, him and I sat down on the platform and we sat there to like 1.30 in the morning and I said, Randy, what happened to you? He said, what do you mean? I said, you've, you've got compassion. I said, you, you didn't beat us up tonight. And I was honest. I said, I got to a place I didn't want to have you back. But my friendship wouldn't say no. He said, God chastised me. And God humbled me and made me realize we're just people. And people make mistakes. Buzzy, we've made some mistakes. A lot of them. Do you hear me? Bruce, you've made more than your share. <laughs> All around this room, we have made some mistakes. So quit acting like we're all that. Because all of us, we come from the dirt of the ground. Look at your neighbor. You know what I'm going to say. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. You're a dirt bag. Right? How many's made some crazy mistakes? How many's made more than your share like Bruce? Huh? Listen to me. They kept demanding an answer. John 8 and 7, so when they continued asking him, he stooped down, he lifted himself up, and he said unto them, he that is without sin among you, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Any of us here today without sin, stand up, I'll give you the rock. He stood on behalf of the woman, Jesus did. And he placed himself between her and the mob. Verse 8, and again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground, name callers, you harlot. You no good for nothing. They shut their mouths. Rocks fell to the ground. I don't want to tear the floor up. 
Let's listen to verse 9. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even until the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. My wife and I was driving back from Ohio Friday and I shared with her a little bit of my, this message. And I mentioned to her about the eldest and I wonder why. And my wife said it shows the wisdom of those who have lived a little longer of life and have received a little bit more grace from God. And I thought that was pretty good, Pastor Rita. Realizing the grace they have been given. Is there any older folk in the house that can look back over the years of your life and now in the wisdom of your latter years can look back and realize God has been gracious to you, anybody in the house? So Jesus wasn't finished. He stood one final time and he asked the woman this question. When Jesus had lifted up himself and he saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? And then he said, Hath no man condemned thee? Jesus alone has the right to condemn you and I. And Jesus alone has the right to forgive you and I. Stand with me. That doesn't mean anything. We've got a little ways to go. But I want you to stand with me. The picture of this woman standing there. Nobody else except her and the Lord is the picture of every person when it comes to sin and judgment. Every person will stand alone with Jesus. In Luke 17 and 4, and if he trespasses against thee seven times a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Is there somebody in your life that you need to forgive? Do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Let me go back to verse 10. The Lord said, hath no man condemned thee? What a question. What a question. But not only a question for her, but for us. How many of us have, we've done them stupid things and we still hear them voices of condemnation speaking to us? How could you have done that? Why did you do that? Didn't you love me? Don't you care? Didn't we make a vow? Those voices that says, you're not good enough. Those voices that says, you'll never change. You won't improve. How about the voices not only do we hear from others, but the voices we hear in our own head. Anybody ever hear them voices in your own head? So who is this morality patrol man who reminds us of every mistake? The apostle Paul, excuse me, the apostle John called him the accuser, the ancient serpent, the devil, Satan. 
He makes a career out of accusing. He doesn't want us set free. The enemy just wants us to have regret. But the Lord wants us to have forgiveness and freedom and release. The Holy Spirit convicts us, but Satan only, he brings regret. And change comes through the Holy Spirit. Listen to John 10 and 10. Jesus said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The enemy wants to steal your peace. The enemy wants to kill your dreams. The enemy wants to destroy your family. The enemy wants to destroy your future. This woman was caught in the act of immorality, the act of stupidity, the act of dishonesty. But Satan didn't have the last word. Jesus acted on her behalf. He stooped. He's familiar with stooping. He stooped low enough to sleep in a manger. Did he not? He stooped low enough to work in a carpenter's shop. He stooped low enough to sleep in a fishing boat. We're talking about God. Do you hear me? Low enough to rub shoulders with thieves and lepers. Low enough that he was spat upon. Low enough he stooped low enough that he allowed him to spit on him. Stooped low enough to have his back laid open. Stooped low enough to be nailed to a tree. Stooped low enough to be buried in a borrowed tomb. But don't forget, he didn't have, Satan don't have the last word because when he laid in a borrowed tomb, he stood up on the third day. He may have stooped uh, on Friday, but on Sunday, he stood up. And the same God that stood up in the tomb uh, will stand up For the woman and he silenced the accusers. The singers would come and he does the same for you. Listen to verse 10. When Jesus had lifted himself and he saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And then in verse 11, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. He said, go and sin no more. Scotty, the Lord said, I don't condemn thee. Nancy, the Lord says, I don't condemn. Right on around the room. But then he says, go and sin no more. Jesus challenged but warn, go and sin no more. The warning is clear. He says, go and sin no more. Repentance is essential for forgiveness. Now you can raise your hand all day for an invitation. But unless the Spirit of God draws you and you are convicted of your sins,
and you humble yourself and you ask God to forgive you. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's to be convicted of your sins and be sorry. Be remorseful and ask God to forgive you. Can somebody say amen? So in closing, let's look at the scribbling in the sand. That's one of the greatest questions of all times. don't know honestly nobody knows what he wrote in the sand but I asked Trey I said Trey could you come up with something and he had just tilled up his garden so he went out to the garden and he knelt down and that was his hand and he videoed grace happened here again I don't know if that's what the Lord wrote. But I'm here to tell you this morning, grace can happen here today. My God, hold on, hold on. My God is a gracious God. And what he's done for me in the darkness, in the filthy sins of my life, he showed me grace. I feel like I need to stress this next part. That doesn't mean you don't have to own it. It doesn't mean that there won't be some consequences in your life. <laughs> He'll erase it. He'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west and throw it into a sea of forgiveness you'll still have some areas in your life. You've heard me say, my grandfather said, you burn a blister, you set on it. And there's some things you're gonna have to set on. But it really don't matter what the neighbor says. It doesn't matter what the person sleeping in the bed beside of you says. The bottom line is what God says. And God says, when you're honest and you humble and you, you come forward and acknowledge and you ask God to forgive, God said, it's forgiven. And then it may take you a while get back in that relationship but the main thing is it is well with my soul I can't even imagine somebody dragging me in here on a Sunday morning in the midst of all the people that know me this woman lived in a town and everybody knew her could you imagine being dragged down in the middle of Jewel City Church and saying hey Pastor Robert, look what's going on here. But God said, who, who is it can condemn you? Here's another part of the message that I didn't work on. But here's a question I'd like to have. Two questions. What did you write in the dirt? And where was the man? I knew I'd get a, a shout from, from any women in the house say amen. 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 Two things. Do you need grace for a situation in your life 
And do you need grace to forgive somebody else that's hurt you? I got a lot of areas in my life that I need work on. But God has given me a special gift to be able to forgive people. And honestly, to be able to forget it because I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I think that's a gift too. So don't, don't go through life without the grace of God in your mess. But be kind enough to reach back and give somebody else the same grace. Every head bowed and every eye closed. First invitation is, is your heart right with God? Is your heart right with God? Have you ever humbled yourself and asked God to forgive you? Do you know for a fact that it is well with your soul? If not, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. My friend, he's a gracious father. You don't have to change a thing in your life. He'll come to you just as you are. And then he'll clean you up. I won't. You won't. But he will. I'll not come to you, but as the one this morning that would like to give your life to Christ, then you know that's not well with your, with your soul, but you'd like to make it right, right where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. Right where you're at, slip your hand up very high. Is there one in the room would slip your hand up high? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I'm going to tarry for a moment. Are we all walking with the Lord? Then my second question is, how many struggling with some areas in your life and you sure could use the grace of God in your life and you could use the grace of God to forgive somebody else in your life? Would you slip your hand up high? As these guys sing, it's going to bless your heart. But I want this time to be more than just a blessing from a song. I want you to come. Go ahead and sing, guys. Come. Maybe you've been forgiven of so much and you just want to thank God for his grace. Would you come? Maybe you need some of that grace. Come. Maybe you need to share that grace. Would you come? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 